Welcome to worship. It's so good to see you this very, very cold morning. And happy St. Valentine's Day. It's also Scouting Sunday and Transfigure Sunday, which celebrates the glorious revelation of God in Jesus Christ. I have a few announcements that you need to be aware of. The underwear drive for Burke Elementary will continue through next Sunday, the 21st. And as a reminder, we need boys and girls underwear size 4T through size 8. And please contribute new underwear. Just saying. Please continue to make reservations for Sunday indoor worship by noon on Wednesdays. We have some exciting news. We now have the capability to transmit our services live on FM radio. There's a limited range, but you can sit in your car or go to the fellowship hall to listen. The broadcast station is 90.3. And yes, we're transmitting right now. So if anybody's out in the parking lot sitting in your car, why don't you give us a toot on your horn? Oh, I heard, I heard somebody, yay. So that's all I have. Shall we welcome the light of Christ? First scripture reading today comes from Mark 9, verses 2 through 9. After six days, Jesus took Peter and the two brothers, Jacob and John, and hiked up a high mountain to be alone. And Jesus' appearance was dramatically altered. He was transfigured before their very eyes. His clothing sparkled, and he became glistening white whiter than anything in the world could make them. Then suddenly, right in front of them, Moses and Elijah appeared, and they spoke with Jesus. Peter blurted out, beautiful teacher, this is so amazing to see the three of you together. Why don't we stay here and set up three shelters, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah? For all the disciples were in total fear, and Peter didn't have a clue what to say. Just then, a radiant cloud began to spread over them, enveloping them all, and God's voice suddenly spoke from the cloud, saying, This is my most dearly beloved Son. Always listen to him. 
Suddenly, when they looked around, the disciples saw only Jesus, for Moses and Elijah had faded away. As they all hiked down the mountain together, Jesus ordered them, Don't tell anyone of what you just witnessed. Wait until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. The Word of God for the people of God. Let's join together in prayer. Oh, loving God, we thank you for this day that you have made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. You have blessed us in so many ways, and we praise your name. As we worship you today, we know that we are not always on top of that mountain, but that wherever we are, you are there. You are always with us and watching our steps. Guide us in the way that leads to good and life. Oh, Father, we pray that all our words and actions bring glory to you and show love to those around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Take it in. As I behold. 
As Susan mentioned in the announcements, today is Scouting Sunday, as well as a bunch of other things, huh? So uh, I think I think Dick told me that uh, Scouting in America is 111 years old. Is that right? Scouting in America is 111 years old. We're celebrating this year. And we're certainly blessed here at Holotus Hills with our uh, involvement with the Scouts and the Scouts' involvement with us, vice versa, however we want to look at it. And this year in particular, they've done many wonderful things around here. Uh, some of them are noticeable. Some of them are not so noticeable, but they're, they're important uh, to folks. Uh, for one thing, the, the extension of the fence out front is beautiful. Um, they moved the, the shed that was on the, the playground that needed to be done uh, for a while, and, and they moved that for us. They've done a lot of cleanup work around the place and, and other things that I'll let, uh, I'll let Dick tell us about. Thank you, Jim. Yes, that's right. Getting celebrating 111 years in the United States and in Holotus Hills, uh, our troop and pack, a troop is 60 years old. Pack is just a couple years older than that, though the troop and pack are actually older than the church. The, the service projects that Pastor was talking about are Eagle Scout projects. To be an Eagle Scout, you have to do a significant project 
that provides a service to somebody besides the Boy Scouts or the individuals. And many of those projects have been performed right here on the church grounds. And so we've been big, big benefactors of that. In fact, we have some more kids coming up. They're looking for something to do. If you have ideas of things we should do, they might be interested. So far, since the, the troop was founded, we have passed 112 eagles in our troop. More coming up shortly. So with that, we have a few representatives of the troop that are going to parade through here and for your observation and to know each other. We have uh, one representative of the, of the Cub Pack and uh, several representatives from the troop. Unfortunately, I'm sure the weather kept most of them from coming out today. But we thank you for your sponsorship of us, the good relationship we have between our scout units and our church. Thank you. Thank you, Dick, and all the scouts that are here. Thank you all so much. And thank you again for all that you do around the church. The first rainbow I have this morning, as always, is the rainbow it is to see all of y'all here on this morning. I think it's a beautiful morning. Some folks would disagree, and it still is good. It may, it may, get, it may get dicey this afternoon. Right now, things are still okay. Everything's really pretty dry out there. Well, once again, our friend Father Bill. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for all that you bless us with. We thank you that we can come together and freely worship you. We thank you so much for that opportunity. Let us never forget how blessed we are in that opportunity. Lord, we lift up all of those concerns that we have named and many that are unnamed. You know our needs and their needs before the words are formed on our tongues. We lift up those who don't have good shelter or clean water or enough to eat. Guide all of us to share our bounty so that others have what they need. We lift up those in areas of the world where there, are, where there is violence or war. We pray for peace. We lift up the leaders of this country and all the countries of the world that they would seek and do your will. Lord, we lift up Jerusalem and pray for the peace of Jerusalem as your word tells us to do. Lord, we lift up those everywhere who don't know your love, your grace, and your salvation that's available to all. Guide us with your Holy Spirit. Open our ears and our understanding as your word is proclaimed this morning that we might speak with boldness as Elijah did, as Elisha did, as Jesus did. And now we pray as Jesus taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, our scripture reading this morning, this is, as Susan pointed out, and as our scripture reading from the ninth chapter of the Gospel of Mark told us about, is Transfiguration Sunday. But one of the people that was on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus and Peter and James and John and Moses was Elijah. And this morning, I, I chose the passage from 2 Kings that talks about Elijah being taken up into heaven and being replaced, so to speak. His replacement was there, Elisha. It all ties in with transfiguration because it all ties in with God's plan. Consider the word of the Lord. Now when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here. For the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The company of prophets who were in Bethel came out to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? And he said, yes, I know. Keep silent. Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. The company of prophets who were at Jericho drew near to Elisha and said to him, Do you know that today the Lord will take your master away from you? And he answered, Yes, I know. Be silent. Then Elijah said to him, Stay here, for the Lord has sent me to the Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men of the company of the prophets also went and stood at some distance from them as they both were standing by the Jordan. Then Elijah took his mantle and rolled it up and struck the water. The water was parted to, the, to one side and to the other until the two of them crossed on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I may do for you before I am taken from you. Elisha said, Please 
let me inherit a double share of your spirit. He responded, you have asked a hard thing, yet if you see me as I'm being taken from you, it will be granted you. If not, it will not. As they continued walking and talking, a chariot of fire and horses of fire separated the two of them. And Elijah ascended in a whirlwind into heaven. Elisha kept watching and crying out, Father, Father, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen, and its horsemen. But when he could no longer see, he grasped his own clothes and tore them in two pieces. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Gracious and merciful God, God who has sent to your people many prophets such as Elijah. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our salvation. Amen. So, I love the song that the praise band sang at the first there, you know, the days of Elijah. I served another church, and we sang that song pretty often. It's a great song. Elijah, and, 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 the, and the song does a real good job, Elijah means my God is Jehovah. That's what, that's what Elijah's name means. Remember this, this motive I try to, try to keep you all of, abreast of? Names mean something, particularly in the Bible. And Elijah means, my God is Jehovah. A little bit of background before we get here. I want to remind us all of a few things that Elijah did. Besides being one of the two people in Scripture that doesn't die, right? There's Enoch and there's Elijah, and they are both just taken up into heaven, you know, the express elevator, so to speak. You know, that's a, that's a pretty good deal. There's only two people in Scripture that uh, did that, so there's, uh, there's something about Elijah. Elijah was the guy that, as it tells us in the book of James, is another place other than in 1 Kings First Kings chapter 18, Elijah prayed, and it didn't rain for three and a half years. That's a, that's a pretty good thing. And when, he, and when he said it was time for it to rain, it rained. Now, he confronted, remember, the, the confrontation he had, this was when Ahab was the king of Israel, and Jezebel, his wife, was the queen and Elijah confronted the prophets of Baal, 450 prophets of Baal, remember? And this was in the middle of a drought. So Elijah sort of rubbed salt in the wound to them there. He had them prepare an offering and then pour water around it, buckets of water three times. And water was particularly scarce at that time. And he prayed to God, and fire came down from heaven and consumed the offering and the water. And then Elijah went about taking care of the 450 prophets of Baal. But Elijah was a human being, just like all of us, okay? 
just like all of us. And right after, he had this remarkable demonstration of God's power at Mount Carmel. Jezebel says she's going to get him, right? And he takes off. He, he runs like a scalded dog and heads off into the wilderness. Anyway, he ends up ultimately on Mount Horeb, the same place that Moses had talked to the Lord. And this is the part there in 1 Kings chapter 19, where remember it said there was a mighty wind, and the wind even tore up the mountains. That's a pretty good wind. But God wasn't in the wind. And then there was an earthquake, but God wasn't in the earthquake. And then there was a fire, but God wasn't in the fire. But what it says then, it says, Then Elijah heard a small, a quiet, actually instead of small, in the Hebrew it says thin voice. And that's where God was. That's where God was. And part of what God told Elijah at that time was who his successor would be. Like I say, when you get a chance to go back to First uh, Kings chapter 19, there at the end of it, and when Elijah is listening to the still small voice, God tells him to anoint a couple of people king. He tells him to anoint somebody king of Syria and, and another king. And he said, and you're going to get your successor, Elisha, the son of Shaphat. Elisha means God is my salvation. Okay? God is salvation. That's what Elisha means. And so there's the story we read on where Elijah goes to call Elisha and say, you know, I'm calling you, follow me. Very reminiscent of when Jesus called some of his disciples and said, follow me. And you remember what Elisha was doing? He was plowing. He was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen. And what did he do? Elijah put his mantle on him, and then Elisha killed the oxen and used the farming implements, the yoke and, uh, and the plow and all that, and burned them and made a burnt offering. Remember what Jesus said in Luke chapter 9. In Luke chapter 9, at the end of it, it's verse 62, I think, 62 or 63, somewhere around there. Jesus said, was calling people to follow him. And there were a couple of people that were making excuses, right? Remember that? Oh, I need to go bury my father. And Jesus said, you know, let the dead bury their dead. And uh, I need to go say goodbye to my, my parents and all that. And Jesus said, what? If once you've put your hand to the plow if you turn back you're not worthy of the kingdom of heaven now bring us up to today to our, our reading there in chapter 2 of 2nd Kings Elisha knows that Elijah is going to be taken from him but we don't know it doesn't tell us it doesn't tell us that Elisha knew how 
Elijah was going to be taken from him. For all he knew, Elijah was going to drop dead, right? He, he, didn't, he didn't know what God's plans were. He just knew that God was going to take Elijah from him. And look at what he does. See, see, Elijah says to Elisha, stay here. When they were, when they were there in Gilgal, and the Lord had told him to go on to Bethel. And Elisha says, what? As long as the Lord lives and as long as you live, I will not leave you. I will not leave you. You see, Elisha was committed to Elijah. And he was committed to that ministry. Commitment. What is commitment? What does that mean to y'all? It means several things, but among them, and one of the things that Elisha most clearly demonstrated was unreserved devotion, right? He was devoted to that, and he did it. Just like Jesus was talking about, once you put your hand to the plow, don't look back, right? Don't look back. I know all of you have stood behind a mule with a plow before, but the simple point is, even if, even if you're driving a John Deere tractor with a plow behind it, if you look back, the rows aren't going to be very straight, are they? They're going to go all over the place, you know? So unreserved devotion is one of the things that we see in Elisha, one of the things we see about commitment. And then the Lord tells Elijah to go to Jericho. And again, he tries Elisha, right? He says, stay here, Elisha. And again, Elisha says, as long as the Lord lives and as long as you live, I will not leave you. I will not leave you. Another thing we see in commitment is keeping your word, keeping your oath, which is so vitally, vitally important, which is one of the things we can, we can think about. This morning, I think about with this being Scouting Sunday, right? I assume all of you know the Scout Oath and what it says, and then there's some other things that you say you do as a Scout. Among them are to, to be brave, right? That's one of the 12, to be brave. You're brave enough to make it here this morning, right? So, so, that, so that's a good thing. But anyway, keeping your word, making an oath. Elisha did that. And it's so vitally, vitally important. And it's so important to all of our Christian witnesses to simply do what we say we're going to do. If we're not going to do it, don't say we're going to do it. It's really not a complicated thing. It's really not. But it's so very, very important. You know, Psalm 15, Psalm 15, one of my favorite psalms, a great, great psalm. Psalm 15, verse 4, talks about people who are truly blessed of the Lord. And, and it says, that, and, and among, those, among the things that those people do is, it says, they keep their word no matter what it costs them, no matter what it costs them. Or in some translations, they keep their word even to their own hurt. 
And Elisha did that. And then, yet a third time, when they're in Jericho, when they're in Jericho, Elijah gets the word from the Lord that he's supposed to go down to the Jordan. He's supposed to go down to the Jordan. And again, he says to Elisha, he says, stay here. And Elisha says, as long as the Lord lives and as long as you live, I will remain with you. I won't leave you, right? Elisha is such, such an example of commitment. And the, and, and, and the other thing I want us to think about about commitment today is, is loyalty. He was loyal to Elijah. He was loyal to Elijah. And I don't believe he was doing it because, because he wanted a double portion of Elijah's spirit, which he ultimately got. He was doing it because he had observed Elijah and the type of man that he was, the type of prophet that he was, and he knew the importance of being God's representative here. God's representative here. You know, just like Joshua, who we could, we could make the example sort of like Joshua took the place of Moses as Elisha takes the place of Elijah. And in Joshua chapter 1, you know, the Lord tells Joshua that he's going to be with him. We see that again. It's brought up again in the book of Hebrews. Whoever wrote Hebrews writes in there in uh, chapter 13, verse 5. It says what? I will never leave you or forsake you. I will never leave you or forsake you. See, and there's the thing. And there's the thing that Elisha demonstrated in his commitment to Elijah. And it's also the thing that we see that Jesus taught us about abiding in him. But he was loyal. See, we again are created in God's image. God's never going to leave us or forsake us. But the reciprocal of that is we don't leave or forsake God. Our commitment to God is above and beyond anything else. Anything else, you know. And if we, if we have the kind of commitment that Elisha had to Elijah, then just like Jesus said, you know, Jesus told his disciples that they would do greater things than he did, than he did. If what? If we're committed to him and as the voice that came from the clouds, when Jesus and Peter and James and John were on the Mount of Transfiguration, if we listen to him and do what he says. Amen. Now go in peace, and as you go, watch out for ice. And as you do that, do it with the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the unity of the Holy Spirit. Amen.